0: Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. It's Monday. It's uh, the Monday after the Bristol night race. A couple nights after it was a Saturday night race. Rod Mullins from AFP was down there at Bristol on our behalf. And, Rod, you got to be there for a couple races. You were there for the Xfinity race on Friday night, too. Gotta ask, first off, we know Denny Hamlin, he who shall otherwise remain nameless for the most part, got the big win on Saturday night. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so we'll talk about Vinny in that respect, but first I just want to get a feel for a couple of nights at
1: Bristol, what the environment was like, what the crowd was like, all that kind of stuff. The environment on Friday night was just electric because I think the big reason was Dale Jr. being there in racing. And that was just part of it. I mean, there was some good racing that went on in the Xfinity race and Dale Jr., uh, had surprised a lot of people, even himself, that his car came up through the pack and was able to do so well at different times until, mm, give or take, you know, 40, 50 laps or something like that left to go in the race, somewhere in that neighborhood, and then smoke starts in his car. And when the smoke started in his car, he does the first thing he knows, pull it down and get it on pit road, and he doesn't stop in his pit, he has to stop in John Hunter Nemechek's pit and i mean he's wildly motioning you can see the in car he's doing this and doing this and then at that point they get over there he gets out of the car and then i talked with um anthony vestal who's the uh one of the communications uh coordinators uh director of uh you know the management of the communications that comes out of bristol motor speedway we were talking a little bit more on saturday afternoon and he said can you believe that dale junior's whole thing that happened was over a 25 cent wire and that shocked me to death and i said are you serious he said yeah a wire that probably somewhere valued around 25 cents was what caused the big burn on his uh in his fire suit on his right leg and uh he said man he said you know if he'd won we were talking about this if he'd won he'd brought the house down he would have brought the house down certainly on on friday night but you know Friday night was one thing Saturday there was well, a different well, kind of feel
0: so let me jump in on a sure. follow-up question on Dale Jr so okay so except for that the way it ended for him right. um he was racing really well um what was he talking about after the race in terms of okay it was it's a one-shot deal I mean obviously I in mean, but okay so does this get whet his appetite to do more of this in the future?
1: Well, yeah, he's he's committed to one more race this season. That's going to be at Homestead in Miami. He's going to do that one. Um, he does this, and I think it's to kind of get a feel. As he put it, it's to kind of give him a feel of what his teams are going through out on the track. Um, you know, they all have different opinions about whether their car is loose, whether their car is tight, what kind of situation they're dealing with. And Dale Jr. feels like it's just, a part of him as a car owner, part car owner with his sister, Kelly, that they go out there and he can race and find out a little bit more about the car. And that's what he did. And so he's going to do this one more time. And I think there's talk that he'll come back to Bristol next year and possibly do the same thing. You know, is he going to come back? No, um, it's, exactly. it's sort of the same thing like Kurt Busch. Kurt Bush was in the media center on uh, Saturday Um, They were talking about the uh, concussion protocols and so forth. And he pretty much says, you know, his career as for racing is done. He is, you know, like a, he is like an observer and kind of gives coaching to Bubba Wallace and also to uh, Ty Gibbs. So in that situation, yeah, I see where he's going. Uh, And Dale Jr. is doing much of the same thing, I think, with junior motorsports.
0: So, so he he can do it on an occasional basis, but doesn't right. want to su- subject himself
1: to the rigors of a full-time schedule. Right. And that's, that's the thing. And I believe that, you know, the one race or two race little deals that he does um, uh, he does it because he loves it. It's something that he just doesn't want to, I think, get it out of his system. Um, you know, he's the broadcaster. He's also busy with the business. Although, I think Sister Kelly runs it a little bit more. She's the one that kind of helps with the operation of it. But, you know, they're already working toward next year. uh, Justin Allgaier, you know, here he turned around and he kind of let the cat out of the bag on Friday night and told everybody, yeah, he signed another deal, signed another year to come back with uh, Junior Motorsports. And so there's some comfortable feelings there, so to speak, uh, with some of the drivers. And Josh Berry's going to be leaving. He's going to be going to Stewart Haas next year, but you still have that nucleus there with with a, a really veteran driver there. And and for Dale Junior, I think this is just a a chance for him to uh, flex his involvement in NASCAR a little bit more, and just to tell everybody, hey, I'm not going away anytime soon. So now let's get to Saturday.
0: You were starting to talk about Saturday night, right. and uh I mean, so it's the race where we go from 16 to 12, and so there's there, there's that aspect. Uh so what was it like Saturday?
1: Um, it was an eclectic atmosphere. Um, it was it was just special. There was there was an energy about the track that I didn't sense last year. Um, I didn't sense that. I've not sensed that especially in the spring race didn't sense that in the spring race this past year of course the news came out that they are not going back to dirt for the spring they're going to run both races on concrete um i talked with um anthony vestal again and i said okay so what's the deal here uh what are we going to be looking at for next year and he says oh we're running another race it's going to be on concrete and um i said well is the date going to be maybe in the same place or what he says well we have yet to find that out but he says i think we're locked on both of them but he says just a matter of nascar um you know confirming everything to us as to what they're going to do but you know i I would love to see some of that atmosphere we had on saturday night you know translate over to the april race if they keep it there around april and um I, i would love to see that just that energy back but that energy was so oh gosh it was just so bold. It was sticking out so much because of the fact that what you had riding on the line for this race on uh, on Saturday night. I mean, you had four people that were going to lose positions. Uh you had the 16, you had four that were going to lose. The surprising ones were Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick. Uh Kevin Harvick was, you know, they had he kind of admitted afterwards in the in the pits, he said, well, He said, we've ran like this all year. He said, we kind of deserve what we, you know, what we've got out of this. Uh, Joey Logano was left scratching his head. He's like, what could we have done? What, you know, what could have possibly been done that we could have, you know, they got, he got caught up in a wreck and and so forth. But it it was just one of those things. Then you had people that you really didn't expect to make the cut this time around. And that was Bubba Wallace. Uh, Bubba was hanging on to a thread. And uh, here he is, and he runs a consistent race, a very strong, consistent race, and hanging in there. And uh, he finished ahead of the cut mark as well as Martin Truex Jr. He finishes also. Um, That was a little bit of a surprise, uh, uh, especially with Bubba Wallace. Um, I kind of expected it out of Michael McDowell. I also expected it out of Ricky Stenhouse. Um, I thought that Stenhouse might be the better in the better situation because he likes Bristol, but it didn't show on Saturday night. It just didn't go according to plan as to what he wanted. But those were some of the surprises to me. I think of Bubba, especially Bubba Wallace going and, and, you know, just sliding in on a thread and getting in there. Now it's a matter of how do you go and how do you take advantage of this? And then last but not least, um, I really, Really expected somebody to go and uh, send me grilled crow or something down here to put on (laughs) my, you know, because I have been so rough on Denny Hamlin this year. And, you know, the fans were very rough on him too at the race on Saturday night. But um, he ran a good race. There's no other way around it. He ran a good race, he survived, and that's what he did. Um, I think altogether six cautions. Everybody was probably expecting the demolition derby sort of thing of somebody trying to ram somebody out of the way in order to get a spot, but only six cautions during the course of the race. And most of those, at least uh, three of those, I think were for rain delay purposes, just to kind of go and uh, make sure the track was okay. But then you had the other ones that you had one big incident that really took place. But uh, other than that, it was it was a good Bristol race. It was it was a surprising Bristol race for me. I thought that uh, even Kyle Larson had a chance right down to the very end.
0: Yeah, good racing, good hard racing. Um, Hamlin with the win. Uh, he's he's been pretty hot lately. Uh, with mm-hmm. uh, you know, finish finishing near the top or at the top. Uh, yeah. Is it, it, it was a talk after the race uh, amongst the media members and, and and with the with the drivers themselves about uh, you know this recent hot streak from Hamlin.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's one of those things that they have developed some sort of confidence that I, I, you know, I think that some of us have been kind of questioning whether or not Denny Hamlin has enough to make it through this final stretch of races to win his first cup championship. Um, he's not won anything. He's he's right now. I think he's uh, moved past Junior Johnson when it comes to wins altogether on uh, all-time wins. But um, he's still stuck in a rut here. He's he's won just about every major event, the Daytona 500. He's won Bristol, and he's won, you know, uh, the Southern 500, some of those crown jewels. But he's not been able to get that Cup Series championship. And a lot of people are saying this could be the year. And he and he kind of said that, too, I think, at the press conference. He kind of made the – he said, I think it's our year. And so uh, now the question is – has he got enough in the stable to back him up in order to win this championship?
0: It's curious to me how Bubba Wallace is still in the playoffs. He's not won a race this year. He's um, not really, you know, finished near the top. He's he's been running consistently, obviously, yeah. uh, in the top ten or so because that's how you get to the you know playoffs without winning a race, but. Man, he where did he finish? 13th or 14th on 14th I believe. 14th on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so it's not like he he lit the track up, um, but he still he still did enough to move ahead and finish in twelfth, uh, or at least be in twelfth
1: going in the next round of the playoffs. Um, he's still got a lot to prove as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think he does. And he's he's gotta get past this. You know, last year he didn't get out of that that first round. He got through it and then boom, he was, you know, it It wasn't even possible for him. This year, yeah, he's made the playoffs. He's made the cut this time around. But now you're going to some of the more difficult tracks. You're going to get ready and go to Texas Motor Speedway this coming weekend. You're going to go to uh, Talladega. You've got another return trip to Talladega before it's over with. And gosh, we know we have to mention the Roval because the Roval, uh, that's going to be another little road course in there that they're going to have to uh, be able to go. And some of us were talking down there, and this is not, this is not like set in stone just yet. Um, We've already heard the rumblings out of uh, some of the courses like Road America. NASCAR made a trip to Road America up in Wisconsin uh, here a couple of years ago Uh, now it's not even on the circuit for either the cup or the xfinity series and some people are starting to worry and they're starting to say will you know will they get a road you know a road course back i think they will it's just a matter of kind of rotating some things around also they've talked about well, of course, Bristol's not going to have dirt next year, but there is also talk that the Roval might not be in existence next year. We might go actually back to real racetrack uh, racing when it comes to the brickyard. A lot of speculation right now at this point. And, you know, that's a lot of, you know, ifs and buts that are out there and so forth. But back to Bubba Wallace, uh, you know, it's like him. Uh, it's like Denny Hamlin. It's like the Toyotas have got something to prove. And Joe Gibbs was in on the press conference with Denny Hamlin and Denny was kind of addressing some things with about Bubba Wallace and so forth. And, you know, the surprise that was there, I don't know if you caught it on TV, but the surprise that was sitting on top of the war wagon, as I call it was Michael Jordan. And he was there watching this race. And it was like, that was big time. That was a big time thing for him to be there at Bristol. And it's sort of one of those things if I guess, Jordan was there to kind of light a fire under Bubba Wallace and say, Hey, look, you better get on the stick. You know, you've, you've got this one to prove if whether or not you're going to make it into the next round of the playoffs. And I think that's, I think that was a little bit of a motivation factor.
0: One thing I, uh, when we were chatting before we hit record on this podcast about almost like the wrestling heel angle <laughs> that, that Hamlin and, and Wallace both played after the race yep. uh, when they were talking both with you guys in the media room. And, and then also on, um, uh usa uh hamlin talking about how he beat everybody's favorite driver and he's of course getting booed lustily there by the fans and yep. and wallace i mean wallace getting booed too he, you know, he knocked out some guys that are some favorites uh mm-hmm. to, to maintain his spot in the playoff race so um maybe it's a credit to those guys that they realize hey you know okay we're not we're not favorites of a lot of people so we'll just lean into it and, and uh and, and embrace this heel role
1: yeah. And you know, it's, it's sort of a thing I'm not trying to compare it or anything like that, but uh, I think they're kind of putting themselves on a, uh, on a, you know, I wouldn't say a pedestal, so to speak, but a kind of a, a level that they are almost wanting to be that next Dale Earnhardt when it comes to the intimidation things or doing things, that's going to force somebody to go and mess up. And, you know, Dale Sr. was outspoken about things at times. A lot of the older drivers, they were outspoken and they could be very blunt about things. Well, Bubba Wallace was definitely blunt in his post-race interview because he said, you know, he said they were booing him. And he he says, and I'm going to keep it clean, family show here and stuff. And I've got students that listen to the podcast too. So I'm just going to keep it clean and just say, he, he said, I love this crap. That's what he was just saying. and he And he loved it. He ate it up. He loved every minute of it, and I think in order for him to uh, prove his dues or pay his dues in this, he's going to have to put up with a lot, and we're going to see how he reacts to it. And I think that's got a lot to do with it.
0: Dale Senior was was the bad guy for quite a while, then he became the anti-hero. Yeah, kind of like in the in the same time same time frame in the nineties some of the wrestlers like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, they were, they were so good as heels that they became, it became popular. And so, you know, we'll see if Hamlin and or Waddles can make that same transition. I don't think so. I don't, I think that they're they're always going to be heels.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, they're, they're always (laughs) going to kind of hang around there and and I don't think you can compare them and say that they're going to be the next Dale Earnhardt because there will be no one that'll ever hold that title ever again. But uh I think in some minds they think, yeah, if I could do this, I, I could get a lot more popular than what I am right now. So let's let's take a shot at it and see what happens. The old P.T. Barnum thing about just spell my name right. I don't care
0: what you say about me. Oh, uh... yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> so we're moving on now to the round of 12 starts this weekend in Texas, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm uh what can we expect uh you know it's it, so so to, obviously the winner uh if the winner is a playoff contender the winner gets a a, a big boost um in that sense but uh you know it's kind of like okay we're recalibrating here you know we're we, we got three more races to go until we the next cutoff or you know the first or three races to the next cutoff so uh what can we expect from this from this field especially the playoff
1: field well um I think there's a lot of unknowns here going into Texas and going into this stretch of races. Um, one thing that I think stands out to me is probably the fact that Brad Kislowski is still hanging toward the top. He is still hanging in the points. Um, he's running good. Uh, Busher has won the races, but he's still running good. Um, you know, sooner or later, he's got to hit that breakthrough point. He's got to hit it. It's just not happened here in the last little bit. Busher has kind of been the one that has uh, benefited from that, but I think it's coming. It's going to be here. Texas may be the one that he, you know, he finally breaks through that barrier and he's able to go and say, you know, I, I, I broke the the curse or the streak or whatever it's been. Um, I think it also meaning going to Texas, uh, it's going to force the Hendrick cars to have to take a different strategy than what they have. Um, Hendrick cars have been dominant. Uh, before in the past at uh texas jeff gordon was was you know dominant there for a couple of years jimmy johnson was dominant but you know this is a new this is a new stable uh this is just i mean you had these guys around last year uh chase elliott he finished like seventh in the race at bristol um you know he needs a good performance out of this um uh, they're building they're building on for next year Uh, trying to prove to everybody that this year was a fluke. And I think that's what they're trying to do. I I really don't see anything out of Alex Bowman right now. I think Alex Bowman's just, you know, going around the track and he's trying to run at least top 10 as much as he can. But I think their strategy is going to have to change this weekend with the way that they approach things. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, they're on fire right now. uh, With Denny Hamlin getting this win and so forth at, at Bristol, I think that's a that's a positive at least in in that standpoint. Um, we'll just have to see how it how it goes for the rest of the drivers for Christopher Bell for uh, Martin Truex Jr. Um, just so many different factors all figuring in here. And then you got the smaller teams. You got track house right now, Trackhouse house announced a big, uh, made a big announcement, um, for what was on Saturday afternoon that Zane Smith's going to be moving over from the truck series and he's going to come over and he's going to start driving in a third car. And then ended up, I think somebody bought one of the charters. And we talked about the charters here earlier in one podcast, they bought a charter for 40 million dollars. Wow. So now the, that, the, that yeah. The value I
0: saw associated with the charters was around 20 million dollars. So yeah. that's <laughs> that shows uh well, obviously the market has corrected itself.
1: <laughs> it has corrected itself, and then we still don't know what the predictability is going to be for some of the other teams because it's still rumored that Stuart Haas is going to sell one of their charters. Uh, I don't know what they're going to be for next year, if they're going to be still a three-car garage or if they're going to be a two-car garage. I don't know. Uh, things change dramatically when Harvick leaves. Uh, they're going to be scrambling to get everything back. That's a team right now that has suffered uh, has suffered here this season, uh, not because of Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick has gone out, done what he had to do with what he could, but um, it's still it's going to be a rough go of it. And I think Harvick might have a chance if he runs really well and can be there toward the end and not fade away. I think he's got a chance at it, but I wouldn't rule out Brad Keselowski this weekend. I think it's it's coming. It's getting ready. It's almost there. The question is whether or not um, he can run fast enough and stay out of trouble, especially at that Texas Motor Speedway.
0: We are down to the round of 12. Uh, Bristol got us there. If you missed uh, Rod's coverage, great stories this weekend on the Xfinity race Uh, Also a notebook in between the two races and then the uh, coverage of Saturday night's race uh, in the NASCAR cup series. So if you missed those, go back, uh, check them out. Uh, Rod, as always, thank you for your time. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you.